You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. So, Hannah, I'm really excited to chat with you today. You are the first guest that I've had back on Young Honest Mother, the podcast. So, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be back. Because so much has happened since our last recording. so Right. And so much is happening right now. So as we're recording this, America is in the midst of hunkering down as COVID-19 kind of spreads its path. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, And so it's really triggered a huge shift in everyone's daily life just about. Yeah. So... I mean, where do we begin? Yeah. So, okay, I'm just going to process. So I, you know, I I stopped blogging, kind of put that on pause almost a year ago to just kind of focus on um, my current role as a teacher um, and as a mom. Yeah. And I now find myself stepping back into that role because of the situation that we're in. And I feel that community is needed more than any any time that we've ever needed it now and the worst mm-hmm. part is is that we're isolated and being a teacher we're currently on spring break however we are now planning to distance teach uh, for the next coming weeks we don't know how long it's going to be for mm-hmm. but amongst distance teaching so many of us teachers from you know, whether you're at a private school or a public school, we have young kids. So when I I reached out to you and said, hey, this is a situation that I am dealing with. And I wonder if, you know, other moms are dealing with it. And you and I kind of, you know, we shared some back and forth about how I'm homeschooling Halima. Right. And you liked some of the ideas. So that's where we are right now. I'm trying to get Halima into a routine of homeschooling um, just so that she can be in that routine while I have to distance teach starting next week. Yeah. So it's a lot. Um, I think parents in general, whether they're teachers or not, are dealing with so many added responsibilities that many of us never really saw coming. And I think you bring up a good point. So I hadn't realized that it's been almost a year since you stopped blogging. Yeah. But you're right. Like right now is when we all really could use community and connection and for, you know, the purposes of slowing down the spread of this virus, everyone has been recommended to shelter in place or um, at least kind of social distance as they're calling it. And it means that we can't be in physical contact with one another. And that is making things difficult. So how do you foresee your blog coming back into the picture? So the biggest reason that I put the Londoner lost in Texas on pause was I really, you know, I shared this struggle with you so many times. Maris, I just don't have the time. Um, I didn't have the time to be a mom and and a full-time teacher as well as a blogger. And I really felt that if I was blogging, it had to be a true commitment from me and it had to be honest. and, And I just felt that at that moment in life, I didn't have the bandwidth to do that. Mm-hmm. Since we have been at home, 
So Halima, Omer, and I have been in isolation. This is day nine, and it is hard. Um, I guess we started as soon as my school went out on that Friday. Um, we have been in self isolation. There was so much information being given. I am a research fanatic, so <laughs> I was research. You know, as mums, we are. You of know, course. and so I was researching, and I guess maybe we, I chose. Well, my family chose to isolate maybe prematurely. However, it has helped us deal with having to do it and get into a rhythm of it. That doesn't make it any easier. It actually makes it harder because we've been doing it for longer. Yes. Um, but we are definitely working through with them. So the reason why I'm talking about blogging again is because you and I first connected because we really had this thirst for a community of mothers. And right now, as humanity being isolated, we are being stripped down of our basic needs for communication. And I wonder how I can help a community by bringing my blog back or even um, just featuring on your podcast in a way to help reach out to other mums and other women just in general that are now transitioning from working to staying home to right. working from home and homeschooling or just simply being a wife or a partner and being at home 24 hours a day with your partner, what, what does that look like now? Because it's totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bring up a lot of awesome points. And what's coming to mind for me, and I think this is something that many people struggle with, especially if they have a tendency to lean towards perfectionism, is feeling like, okay, for example, let's take blogging. So you mentioned that you wanted to put things on pause because you felt like you would have needed to really devote time and commit yourself to showing up in a certain way and you weren't sure that you had the bandwidth. But now, as things have changed so drastically, it almost seems like there's a little bit more on your plate than there was a year ago and you're starting to toy around with the idea of bringing this back. And I just I want to put out there that it's okay not to have a plan. You know, it's okay to you know, put out a post or to write something or to to share something on social media, not knowing what's going to stem from that. But we can all work through this together and and let things evolve in a natural way. And I think that can really take some of the stress off of you and people in general feeling like they want to share something, but they're not really sure how to like how to set it up in a formal way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. And I, so, I mean, you brought up such a great point about not having pressure. And that was mm -hmm. one of the things that I was hoping that you and I would touch on today is even in, in the concept of, you know, putting my blog back up or just reactivating my London and Austin, Texas Instagram, just mm -hmm. being able to just post some things here and there that other women can kind of connect with. And not just that, I mean, so many mums I have spoken to friends, family across the globe. My cousins in London have been messaging. And so many of them feel this pressure that they don't have this perfect schedule put together for their child. And right. they are not homeschooling correctly. And their child has to spend 45 minutes on math. And, and that pressure, I think we need to just alleviate some of that and just kind of see how the day goes. Some mm -hmm. structure is wonderful. 
but at this moment, this is very unstructured. This is like mm -hmm. when I made my birth plan to have an all natural birth and then I had to be induced. Mm -hmm. There was, there was nothing natural about that. So you just, we have to adapt. And as humans, we kind of suck at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think adaptation is somewhat innate within us, but it gets so buried because we, we start to create these structures around ourselves and we start to, you know, like volunteer to, to have certain things as a part of our lives. So in having like a school day structure or a work day structure and then certain activities on certain days. And, you know, we, we get so caught up in having a schedule that when something like this happens and completely wipes the slate clean and we're forced to reckon with the fact that we are never really in control of our lives anyways, like and yeah. how things play out, it can be really unsettling. Mm -hmm. But yet I think it can present the opportunity to take people back to a time where we can sit with that uncomfortability mm -hmm. and still move forward anyways. I agree. And so even though it has, there have been challenges, I'm trying to embrace the fact that I always spoke about homeschooling Halima. Ah. I always wanted to do that because I just, I, I was never familiar with the American schooling system. And mm -hmm. I, I, it might sound narrow-minded. I just, it was a lot for me to wrap my head around. Um, private schooling, I hadn't really thought about because, you know, for a lot of people, it's expensive. And, you know, we, we just never thought that we'd be able to have that situation where she could go to a private school. So I had always kind of toyed with the idea of homeschooling Halima. Mm. And I often used to joke with Omer that he was, you know, that I was a single parent because he was always working. And I felt that him and I never got the time that I really craved unless we mm. were on vacation. But even then he'd be taking calls. And um, now we have this time and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I get to toy with homeschooling and kind of experiment and make mistakes and be creative with that, with Halima. I'm mm -hmm. so excited that for three nights in a row, Umar and I have had movie night, which is, I don't know, oh, I like it. Yeah, I love that. I, so, um, I don't know. I, I think I'm trying, even though it's horrible what is going on, um, just making the most out of this awkward situation mm -hmm. and just kind of going back to, you know, like you said, what, what we do innately. And that mm -hmm. is, that's uncomfortable for us. We're so used to being in our own boxes. And, um, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely an adjustment, but yesterday on my Instagram, I'm sure, you know, I never post on Instagram stories. I just don't do it. And yesterday, I just felt the urge. My inner blogger came out. I wanted to connect. And so, you know, I, I posted up a question. What is everyone doing to be mindful and grateful? And, you know, I don't know if you read all the posts, but it started turning into this kind of frenzy about some of my friends that hadn't accepted other friends' friends' requests. And it was, <laughs> it was so entertaining. Um, and I thought to myself, wow, I love having this community and social media is so awesome. We are all in isolation right now, but I feel so connected. Yeah. It's, 
it's really ironic that, you know, we're in a, a time and place where many people are choosing to self-quarantine. Some people, based off of what state they live in, are being recommended to shelter in place. And so, you know, that that really does kind of like send us to our room, so to speak. I kind of feel like a yeah. child upstairs is like, okay, time out. <laughs> you're going to be in your room. I don't know how long you're going to be there, but just wait it out. Let's see how things calm down. And that is frustrating because it's it's something that's not within our control. You know, none of us wanted something like this to happen. But yet, because we have social media at our fingertips, we're able to cultivate these communities and, and still be in conversation and in contact, mm-hmm. albeit virtually, um, with the people who mean most to us. And like just this morning, I sent over a Marco Polo video message. So uh-huh. if anyone knows me personally, they know that I'm obsessed with Marco Polo. <laughs> and I I have a family thread. I have many threads with like my friends and family, different like groups of family members. And I have a thread with my uh, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And we even before all of this happened. Your grandmother-in-law, that's awesome. Yes, she's she's on there. And my aunt-in-law actually just joined. So we've kept up this thread for like years. I think we started it back when Milo was born in 2017. And we've just kept it up like periodically checking in with one another. And so mm-hmm. we already had that habit when all of this started happening, which was nice because it, it didn't feel foreign. But just today, Milo um, wanted to record a message for everybody on our thread. And he literally hugged the phone and kissed it and oh. said to everybody, I love you so much. I miss you. So and sweet. just to have that, you know, on on a thread where everyone who is feeling lonely and concerned and confused about what's all taking place, my my mother-in-law responded right away and was like, I, I just started crying. I was so happy to get that message because it, it's just nice to remember that people care about one another, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, when I, I reached out to you, I just felt that you and I have the one thing that we bonded on. And even though life has just not made it available for us to hang out with each other as much as we want. Yes. Um, you and I really bonded on something that is sacred to me, the idea of a community, the mm-hmm. idea of not feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just, just being able to have this conversation openly and just share some of the, the struggles and, and some of the things that are empowering is so nice because right now, you know, so many of my group chats are just new news alerts. Who yeah. else is on quarantine? Who else is on lockdown? And I was hoping that you and I could, you know, we've always talked about building resources for women mm-hmm. and have this as a resource. What what can we do? What, you know, I mean, right now, has your daily routine changed a lot from, from this? What What's it looking like? That's a good question. So in some ways, no, because I was already a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Milo hadn't been going to his Montessori program for a couple of months since we are in the process of moving, although that's kind of being placed on the back burner as we watch things play out. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, we spent most of our days at home anyways. But what's really different is that Carl, my husband, is working from home, which mm-hmm. he's never done that consistently before. And so we're having to juggle what it's like to have my husband at the house all day. <laughs> and 
I hear some uncertainty in that. <laughs> it's been good, but also I think he's um he's tempted to work more than he would if he were going into the office mm. because you know his work is just right there. It's just so easy to go upstairs and get on the computer. So it'll be like he spent 12 hours working without even realizing it. And it's like, "Hello, you know, we're still like the family's still here." Yeah. We want to engage with you too. So I think that's kind of what we're navigating in this moment. What about you? Like, how has your schedule changed? So, I mean, Omer has actually, he's the only one that has been leaving the house to go to work. But okay. it's his work situation has tremendously changed because his hours are so much less. So uh-huh. he is working from like eight till four. Uh, his office staff are kind of like on a rotation. There's only like five people at a time. Mm. Um, so that, so it's been kind of different. And Omer has been home every single day, no later than five-ish around that time, um, which has been really nice because we get to spend this time together. However, I do find myself getting annoyed because... <laughs> Um, you know, sometimes you're in a routine and Halima and I have a way of doing things and then Omer comes and then it's different and then we have to deal with chaos. And I just have to keep, and Omer is very artistic in his flow of life. Uh, he's very creative. I am so rigid. It's insane. It works somehow. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so... Omer always wants to switch things up and do things differently, which is awesome. Sometimes it's really difficult for me to wrap my head around. And right now I am, you know, doing what you spoke about, being uncomfortable and trying to embrace that. And I just have to remind myself that actually if dinner goes on a little bit longer today or Halima's bath is like a little bit longer today, we don't have work tomorrow. She doesn't have school tomorrow. So it's being able to appreciate some of the craziness that he brings, which I really love. Um, And I feel like it's strengthening our relationship on a usual day that would have annoyed me. You know, if if Halima's bath had gone on longer than she needed it and she had to, you know, she'd gone to bed at eight instead of 7.30, that, that would have been like, oh my God, you know, she has school tomorrow and all this kind of stuff. But it's really nice because we get to press pause. We get to be together and appreciate all of our craziness. And this has been the first time in a really long time that I haven't, I haven't been stressed, Maris. Wow. It's been so nice. Every morning I'm finding time to meditate or work out. I'm currently doing, um, this online program with bar three i'm obsessed with it it's so good you they have this two-week free trial so check it out and um but yes i'm doing that in the morning when everyone's kind of asleep and everyone's sleeping later than usual so i don't have to wake up at like 5 a.m just to you know so it's nice and so i'm i'm finding a flow with that i'm spending time working out and then halima and omera will wake up We'll all have breakfast together and there's no running around, making a packed lunch, getting everyone's lunches together, making sure that Halima has her skates for ice skating and Omer has, you know, his notes for his meeting. And there's none of that happening. It's so peaceful. It is so peaceful. We are 
praying together as a family in the morning, which is Mm -hmm. really meaningful for us. And um, then throughout the day, I've kind of, you know, I sent you a picture of like a semi-schedule that I've made up for Halima and I, just so that we can know that, you know, in the morning, we're going to spend some time doing some literacy. In the afternoon, we're going to spend some time doing some art, some science, you know, whatever it is. And I let her choose a topic. Uh, the uh, she turned five last week, and she, on you know on on her birthday, she says, "I want to learn about viruses because everyone's talking about this, mummy. I want to learn." So yeah. I yeah, it was interesting, you know. Um, so we spent the day learning about viruses, and I set up different stations for her. We had like an art station where she could draw viruses. Um, and then we had like a word station where she could, you know, write, practice writing words like virus, immunity, body, blood, all these kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had like a science station where she could watch some cool animated videos for kids. And she really enjoyed that. So, you know, she kind of, she leads our flow on how we learn she finds certain things interesting and I just find a way to connect it to like the different core subject areas. Um, so yeah, I mean, our routine, honestly, I, I feel so blessed. I feel incredibly lucky that we've been able to adapt that I can homeschool my child. I know it's going to look different next week when I start distance teaching my students, but Mm -hmm. I'm still so grateful because I'm in a situation where I, I still have a steady income. Um, you know, we, we're, I'm still employed and that right. is, that is not the same story for a lot, a lot of people. Yes, you're so right. But I do think in the midst of all of this change, which is not easy by any means for, mm-hmm. for anyone to process, it's really interesting how all of a sudden, all of those things that we used to wish we had more time for. hmm are now a part of our our lives. Like you said, you're able to have a stress-free, unhurried breakfast with your family and then like flow into your day. And if things last a little bit longer than maybe you thought they would, it's okay because you don't have to wake up tomorrow anyways for work or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's liberating, you know, being without a schedule. As much as it is uncomfortable, it's I'm also finding it to be extremely liberating. I agree. And I mean, it's such a shame that it's under these circumstances. Right. But I feel that if we just focus and we do this, I'm, I'm guilty of it. We always focus on, oh my God, this sucks. You know, like the negativity. We, we, mm-hmm. we have this tendency to slip into that. And I think this right now is the time for us to really do those things that we always said that we didn't have time for. I, yeah. I finished reading an entire book in three days and I was so happy because when was the last time that I read, you know? And I think it's about embracing those small things. And, you know, I, I plan on later this evening having like a spa session at the house. We're just going to, I've got Epsom salt. We're going to do some face masks. We're going to just yes. have our feet in like a hot tub and, and just kind of, you know, enjoy some of the things that we would do anyway, but just right. do them in our home. And honestly, throughout this whole experience I've really thought of you a lot because I have a new a newfound respect for many stay-at-home moms this is really a job you guys are not just 
sitting at home and hanging out. You know, <laughs> yes, it's, I mean, you know, and I, I'll let you speak to that because I'm, I'm new to this. You know, I just took on that job role. Um, so, I mean, I, but I'm just telling you and other mums that stay at home listening, you guys are, you guys are the real champions because I look forward to Halima's nap to have some alone yeah. time, you know, like I'm like, okay, I just need, even though the days are great and I'm so appreciative. Oh my goodness. Just so grateful. Um, but I, I also crave that, that two hours, you know, during nap time. So I just hold me appreciation for you women. It's awesome. Thank you for articulating that. I think not enough of us and just women in general, like we don't appreciate one another enough. And I think it, it's really special to take the time to to see what someone else's life might be like, you know, put mm-hmm. to walk in their shoes, you know, even though you didn't necessarily plan for you to be walking on this path, just to take a moment and be like, wow, okay, I didn't realize it was like this. And I have so much appreciation for the people who do that every day. And I, I think we're all having that kind of appreciation when it comes to like the people who are still working at Sprouts and Target, you know, mm-hmm. and people who are healthcare workers and are doing the utmost best that they can do to take care of the people who are falling ill right now. It's just, I think we all have just a renewed sense of collective appreciation. Mm-hmm. And I, that's one of the things I'm most grateful for too. Yeah. I, and I, I was joking with Omer. I was like, Hey, this is like, all happened during International Women's Month. And it's so <laughs> true. It's so beautiful to see all these women on Instagram and, um, you know, Snapchat and, you know, all the different platforms that we have just being so warm to one another. And right. the, I feel like the competitiveness has really just been dropped and the judgment has been dropped, which is something that you and I always spoke about. You know, mm-hmm. we, I, I don't, I don't know if it's still a thing for you, but I still often feel judged as a mom who goes to work and, you know, has her child at school full time. And, um, but now I, I don't feel like there's judgment. I, there's so many people that are being so helpful and sharing resources and, um, and I'm happy to, for you to, um, put some links up on your, on your webpage. Um, and I'll send you some homeschooling resources that I've got. Um, thank you. Absolutely. And, this is a time to be doing that, you know, and right. I just don't remember this kind of community before. No, neither do I. And I think this is a good segue because I, I do want to spend some time talking about teaching and homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And so Milo right now, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but he's going to be three next oh my month. <laughs> Actually, like in almost exactly a month. Mm-hmm. And um, before I had him, you know, I had all sorts of grand ideas about what I would be like as a mom. And one of those ideas. Didn't we all? Didn't we all? <laughs> one of those ideas included homeschooling. And I was oh, really cool. excited about that until he actually arrived. And I I, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Like I was trying to have a conversation with Carl a couple days ago about why I haven't been as excited to get into it as I thought I would be. So I'm curious to hear from you, like as a teacher, so like teaching is your full-time job. And then Mm -hmm. now you're in this situation where you're going to be teaching starting next week from a distance, of course, Mm -hmm. and also homeschooling. Like, 
Is there a difference that you've noticed in between like teaching your students and teaching your own child? Yes, there are absolutely huge difference. Number one, it's, it's my own child. So mm. her seeing me as her teacher can kind of be difficult because she's already been exposed to somebody else as her teacher. And Milo has also been exposed to somebody else as his teacher, right. like the people at his Montessori. Um, right. So yeah, it is difficult. However, we spent some time uh, last weekend, Saturday, um, in Halima's playroom, kind of putting away her toys and just clearing an area that would be our classroom. So I made her a part of that. And I said to her, you know, mama is a teacher. That's what I do. And she says, yes, I know you, you teach science at your school and I've been into your lab and, you know, and, and she loves, she loves being a part of my world. So I said to her, well, how would you feel about, you know, mama teaching you some of the stuff that she knows? And she was really excited about it, but sometimes she can fall into the whole, you know, I want to hug you and I want to cuddle you. And I think that's really important that when you're educating your children at home, they are your children. They're not your students. They're they're your babies and they're going to want some love. And the same way that I show compassion to my students, albeit in a different way, I have to have that same compassion for my child if Halima wants to lay in my lap and read a story while we're learning phonics she's going to lay in my lap and do it Mm -hmm. I'm gonna you know and in teaching we we provide accommodations for students who have special needs and, and things like that so this is almost like providing the same kind of accommodation and I let I let the day flow as as it would I try not to have I don't even have a clock in her playroom, which is now doubling as a classroom right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even have like a clock in there. So she she doesn't even know like what time it is. And I never have um, a timer on. So I just kind of let it go for however, you know, I plan the activity. This is what we're going to do. If she says to me, mommy, I want to do more. I let her do more for sure. And wow. if she's And if she halfway through the activity says I don't want to do this anymore I hold her accountable I say well you have to finish this and then we can move on um but she doesn't stop an activity halfway through and I give her some alone time I give her an activity and I say this you know I model it for her and then I say this is what you're going to do and mommy's going to go downstairs and have a shower and I'll be back and in that time she will have done her work and I'll come back so I think it's really important about creating these little pockets of time in the day that are distance between you and your child or children, depending if you're homeschooling more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're just in that classroom all the time with them and you're just this authoritative figure all the time, it's really difficult to then say, okay, school's over. Now let's be, let's be mum and daughter or son and Mm -hmm. hang out because the chances are your child might have had a bad experience (laughs) and and not want to hang out with you that evening so um that's one of the I mean I am really drawing from Omer right now in terms of going with the flow and being creative I've noticed that Halima is 
just obsessed with math right now. We we had our first formal math lesson during the week. She enjoyed it. And yesterday, I mean, it was Saturday, today, Sunday. And I said to her, we're not going to do homeschooling on the weekend. But yesterday she wanted to do math. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, you know, you just, our schedule's changing, right? So just be adaptive. So I, instead of doing a formal math lesson, we played some math games instead, uh, which yeah. she enjoyed. Um, because I want her to know that just because we're at home doesn't mean it's going to be all work all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's definitely different to how I am with my, with my kids. I mean, my, uh, one of my classes, they have nicknamed me the Michael Jordan of science because they <laughs> say it's so funny. I mean, I think it's so cute. Um, I teach seventh and eighth grade and it's at a private school and these kids are just just amazing you know and and kids in general they really are just amazing that they the way their minds work but at school if a student says to me hey I don't want to do this the chances of me saying okay let me hug you and we'll feel better I, I mean the chances are pretty slim I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna usually try and find out hey what's going on what why don't you want to do it let's see if we can do like a modified version of it so th- the way I'm teaching Halima is very different and then bearing in mind Halima is five and I teach seventh and eighth graders. So it's, oh my God, Halima is five. That's weird. That's weird. (laughs) When you said that earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember. And I think the last time we saw her, she just turned four. So she had just turned four. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I I can relate to that with Milo's birthday upon us as well. But you just said three and I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. It's getting so big. But I think you brought up a lot of great insight into this conversation about teaching and and just giving parents permission to go with the flow and to do things differently than they would if it were an actual classroom. Because I think a lot of parents right now, they're they're scrambling. You know, they're trying to figure out how they're gonna work their full-time jobs, which have now been transitioned to like a remote version. Mm -hmm. Um while also teaching their kids. And I think at least as someone who grew up going through American public school, I have a very concrete idea of what school should look like just based Mm -hmm. off of my personal experience. My schooling was very regimented. Everything was based on a schedule. Um, We had certain classes we went to on certain days and then we would switch at certain times. And I think if we go into the situation with a mindset of it has to be a certain way. We're probably setting ourselves up for a lot of unnecessary stress and frustration. And, and failure, honestly. Yes, honestly, yes, yes. I mean, when I sent you that picture of what Halima and I do, it's literally a.m. and p.m. Mm-hmm. Some days we start at nine. Some days we start at eleven. It's okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she's five. I mean, you might be looking at something a little bit more structured for older kids, but the chances are those kids are probably going to be receiving distance learning from their school. Um, and then you're just going to be supplementing wherever you can. Um, and I'll and I'll give you a link because I'm also offering super discounted tutoring for a lot of kids Excellent. right now. Yeah. Yes, please share that with me and I'll put it in the show notes for the listeners to check yeah, yeah, out. For sure. Yeah. I'm I'm doing like I'm doing tutoring for less than a quarter of the cost that wow. I would. Yeah. Because 
we, I mean, how else, how else do we help each other as humans? Right. Right. I I think we're definitely seeing a lot of people rallying around each other, just trying to do the best that they can to make it through such an uncertain time. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to this teaching, I think it would be great to have your tutoring as a resource and have some of the links that you talked about earlier so that Mm -hmm. parents can see that there are different options and that it's okay if they don't know every single thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There are resources out there to dig into and to learn more about and to feel supported by at the end of the day. Yeah. And as long as you have access to a computer, even if you can't print these resources, Mm -hmm. most of us have an iPad or something that is interactive or even just a computer screen that these kids can just look at these resources and get excited Mm -hmm. about them. And, And kids love watching videos. So just instead of having them watch Paw Patrol, have, stick on stick on a video. You know, there's this yeah. awesome YouTube tr- channel called Crash Course for Kids. I love it. It's so great. It's it's entertaining for me, and I'm a, and I'm an adult. So when my <laughs> kid watches it, I'm like, she must be fascinated by this, and she truly is. You know, she really is. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll and and I'll get with you after this and give you like all of my my wealth of knowledge for teaching. Yes. Thank you. I know so many of our listeners are going to be very appreciative of that because it, it's difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we are taking on these roles that we haven't taken on before and that in any situation can feel frightening. And I think for me personally, I shy away from getting into homeschooling as much as I wanted to when I was pregnant because I'm afraid, you know, I'm mm-hmm. afraid that I'm going to mess things up or that I'm not going to like do things the right way. And, you know, I'm not really sure how to go about picking out, the, you know, just everything, mm-hmm. the whole list of doubts. <laughs> you know, do you remember the the first thing that we spoke about in our previous podcast was doing things the right way? Yes. <laughs> this, so what is the right way? And, you know, my, my firm belief is, is, you know, I, I believe in God and God chose you to be Milo's Milo's first and foremost teacher. Hmm. You're you're going to be just fine. Thank you for that. Thank yeah, <laughs> I I know that the time is now, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about looking into. And I know Milo's attention span has definitely increased <laughs> over the last mm-hmm. year. Oh, and that's one thing I forgot to mention. Actually, sorry to interject. Um, you know, young kids, their attention span, don't expect it to be anything like ours or your older kids. You know, Mm -hmm. these activities should be no more than five to 10, maximum 15 minutes, and then Mm -hmm. move on and then Mm -hmm. come back to it. So set up activity because if they don't sit at it for more than 15 minutes, all that is going to happen is we're going to get frustrated they're going to get frustrated and then we're just never going to want to do it again. So it's all about setting up an environment that your child can be successful in. And that's not taking the easy route. That's creating support for your child, which is what we look for in educators. When we send our kids to school, this is what educators are doing. This is what we as teachers are doing. My Even for my seventh and eighth grade, we don't just have a class where it's just one thing. Even if they're taking notes, I try and break it up with a video or a quick stand-up activity. I often do brain breaks. We're blessed with this beautiful campus, so we'll take like a two or three-minute walk outside of the lab mm. because it's it's difficult to just sit there and and just 
be focused in on something, especially when you're young and you have this beautiful mind that is always so creative and trying to shut that creativity down and having a child sit and do something what they might feel is mundane. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like that's very successful. Good point. Yes. Uh, and I think that too is part of what keeps me from even trying to be honest is like knowing that his attention span is really short. So I would need to have multiple activities to mm-hmm. to keep him engaged throughout the day. Like and I start thinking, well, where am I going to find these activities? Like how am I going to put it all together? And I, I have a teaching background. And so mm-hmm. You know, I've learned to make lesson plans and to come up with the curriculum and I feel daunted by that experience. <laughs> you know, like I don't I don't want my whole life to be so regimented, but I think right now in this particular moment that we find ourselves mm-hmm. is really offering the opportunity to to let go of that that sense of um structured must be exactly this way attitude in favor of something that's more forgiving. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you chose the word forgiving because we just have to be, we have, we just have to be nice to ourselves. And, you know, my sister-in-law, her son is around Milo's age, actually. Yeah. He turns, yeah, he turns three, um, in July. And, um, and she was saying the same stuff to me about, Hey, how do you get your, you know, how do you get your child to sit down and Halima so focused and and I, all children are different. Halima has kind of been this way since she was young. She's like me in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does have a tendency to just kind of wander off, as do all kids. Um, right. And I said to her, well, you know, you can always do education through play. That is so powerful. You know, um, her son loves dinosaurs. So I was like, well, while you're playing with dinosaurs, start talking to him about nutrition and what they eat. and what makes them different if they're a herbivore or a carnivore and start throwing these things in to your play. And that's still teaching. Count that as some of your homeschooling hours for the day. Wow. Yes. You're so right. And that for young children, playing is how they learn. You know, that's how they are processing their environment. That's how they are putting into practice what they see around them and, and starting to make sense of it. So that's such a great idea to incorporate some some facts, some history, some whatever, you know, into the playtime that you're mm-hmm. you're already observing them do. Yeah, because the chances are they're gonna remember it more doing it like that than you trying to create some fancy flashcards about what a herbivore right. is. Right. Like you're just not gonna remember. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm learning a lot. I'm so glad that we (laughs) put together this episode because it's going to be, I think, a touchstone for many parents and me as well, just to go back and listen to this and to feel supported and um, just encouraged to explore different Mm -hmm. possibilities. Absolutely. And I mean, this is what it's all about right now. It should be more than ever a judgment-free zone. Mm -hmm. If we know, I think I think yesterday, sorry, Friday was the last day that Omer will be going into the office. I believe he's not going, going forward. Um, And I think it's really important to just not judge people about who's isolating the most and who's isolating the least and how many toilet rolls do we have? And, ah, it's just, it's just (laughs) going, I mean, 
I had a post on my story yesterday saying, you know, buying all the groceries doesn't make you immune. And it's so true because there are people, elderly people, my mother-in-law and father-in-law included, that are worried about going to the stores and not having anything. And, Mm. you know, if we're talking about a community that, I mean, education, yes, definitely. But let's think about what, what else can we do? What other words can we spread? How can we make people feel better? And instead of saying, hey, you shouldn't do this, let's take that as a moment of education. Instead of saying that, just say, hey, how about trying to do this instead? You know, mm-hmm. I think how we speak to each other is is going to be so important over the coming weeks. Yes. And this is such a great segue because I wanted to ask you about something you had brought up earlier. And okay. you mentioned you're now, especially that Omer is going to start staying home more, you're going to be in close contact with him <laughs> in a way you've never really been before. So yes. I'm curious about how you are going to approach this time of, you know, just 24 seven contact with the, with your family and, mm-hmm. and how you hope to make the best out of it. So, um, you know, I saw somebody's, um, Instagram TV post. I think her name's Regina. Oh yes. My friend Regina. I think I saw her on your story and then decided to follow her. Yes. Regina retreats. I'll tag her. Yes. And I saw her very raw, like, you know, just opening up like, Hey, this is what's going on with me and my man. Is anybody else out there? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I really drew from that. I, I was, it was very moving for me. I even commented, she probably doesn't know who I am, but I, you know, I, it really, it resonated with me. And I guess I'm going to be trying my hardest to be even more forgiving of the dishwasher not being loaded correctly. Um, and I'm going to be, you know, I guess I just have to remind myself of all of the times that we haven't been able to be together as a family and all of the times that I wished we were and now I have that and what am I going to be doing with that time? Mm-hmm. So I think every time I feel frustrated or I see my family getting frustrated, I think it's just going to be really important to remind each other of that. Um, and then creating this time away from each other. Like like right now, I'm, I'm recording with you, Halima mm-hmm. and Omer downstairs. Um, and this just gives me, you know, a little bit, like an hour or so just away and um, just creating some healthy distance. And and the key word, I know I've said it a couple of times, is, is just being forgiving because it's okay to make mistakes and then not have to see someone for the whole day like if they're at work or something but if they make the mistake and then you just have to just look at them for the next 12 hours (laughs) I mean you know you and forgiveness isn't about that person it's about you it's about setting your mind free so I mean for me it is anyway and so I'm I'm really going to be focusing on that because I know that I am a perfectionist. I know I like things in a certain way. And I've seen a huge growth in myself over the last seven days, just how much I'm able to let go. So mm-hmm. I know that if I can let go this much, I know that I can do way more. Um, and I'm going to be periodically checking in with you and other moms. Mm, yes. Um, 
and you know my hope is is that we can all help each other do this together and you know maybe we can we can make our own Marco Polo thread about annoying husbands or you know <laughs> testing children or you know whatever it is just just right re, you know build that community that we've we've always spoken about yes and okay i'm so glad that Regina, her name is Regina Sather at Regina Retreats on Instagram. She's so cool. I really like She's her. She's so cool. I love the way that she approaches life. And I'm really happy to hear that her message resonated with you. And something that's important to Regina and something she brings up a lot on her Instagram and on her website, if you check it out, is the idea of retreating and mm-hmm. finding a way to retreat or step back from, from a certain situation, whether it be you know, a schedule that you've just been enmeshed in or a conflict or whatever it is to take a step back, to pause, to reflect, Mm -hmm. to let go and to keep moving forward. And I think that idea of retreating is going to be especially important right now. Like you mentioned, just giving yourself even just this hour to sit and record with me. So you're not, you know, in contact with your family for all 12 plus hours a day or whatever, Mm -hmm. just, you know, a a little corner, a little sliver of time for each person in the family to do something on their own. Absolutely. And just being respectful about, you know, your family's time to retreat. I think it's really, you know, not, not being upset that, Hey, you're not spending all this time with me. And why are you on your computer all the time? And I think just really being respectful because we as humans, we need space. And Mm -hmm. I think it brings out the worst in us when we're in close quarters. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, I guess, respectful retreat. Yes. Are the go-to words, right? Respectful retreat. Yeah. And, you know, I think it also calls into into mind the fact that we all have different ways of processing what's going on and mm-hmm. it's it's not easy to make sense of all of the headlines that are being you know published and all of the videos and all of the advice you know there's a lot to sift through right now a lot to metabolize maris every single day <laughs> i am just bombarded with information yes. and actually i have chose to not look at any of that information until it is past noon because oh, then interesting. I've just I've made that limit on myself that I am not going to look at news reports. I'm not going to read any articles until past noon. That way, I've had a moment to connect with my family. We've shared a meal together. We've prayed together. I've worked out. I'm mm-hmm. in a good frame of mind to now receive some of this traumatic information. Yes, yes, it's definitely it's a lot to take in and. Even just yesterday, I decided to set my phone down for most of the day, not look at anything like wow. at all. That's just impressive. not anything. <laughs> so, I mean, Saturdays are already our rest days. Mm-hmm. And, but I usually will have my phone nearby, even though I, I choose not to post that much on Saturdays in general. Like yesterday in particular, there was the urge to just kind of, let me just keep up with things. Let me see how things are going. Let me check uh-huh. in. And I was realizing that it was really raising my anxiety level. I was starting mm. to, my heart was starting to race. I was starting to breathe differently. I was like, you know what? I need to take a break from this. It is not going to be the end of the world if I'm not up to date on every single headline that's being released right now. Absolutely. And you spoke about checking in. Like, yeah. who, who were you checking in with? Were you checking in with yourself? Like, how are you feeling right now? And I think right. a lot of the time we're all 
checking in, but we're not checking in with what's the most important. We're not checking in with ourselves. We're not checking in with our spouses. We're not checking in with our kids. Um, and I think we should check in more with that. Yes, such great advice. And I'm also keeping a journal throughout all of this. Um, and <laughs> some days, you know, I write more than others. Some days it might just be just a sentence or two, but I I find that it helps me to release all that I've been stewing o- over throughout the day. I can just put it on paper and get it out of my mind. There's something and- about putting your thoughts to paper that just to help you kind of release it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not journaling in the same way as you. I, I, I gratitude journal. So every day or oh. every few days, I just write down maybe one or two or three things. It's very simple um, about what I'm grateful for for that day, um, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's, it's helpful right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just these, these simple practices that can mean so much, especially in the face of, you know, a chaotic time. That's really what I'm starting to seek out and hold on to mm. as a touchstone, you know, something to ground me when I'm feeling so untethered by all of this confusion that's going on around us. And I'm hopeful that this episode will be a place of like refuge and also solidarity for the listeners as we all so. navigate this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I, I hope so too. And I'm so grateful for your time. And just, I love our conversations. Me I too. wish we could it's have like, more. <laughs> we should. Oh, another thing I did today and that I want to keep doing is I'm setting up FaceTime calls with all my friends. So I, I want to add you yes. to the list because add I'm all at home. We're so, all at home. You know, yes. <laughs> and, yes. you know, there are some friends where I have like a monthly standing coffee date with. And obviously that's not going to happen this month. So I'm like, well, I don't want to forego that time altogether. So even though we can't be in person. We can still catch up and we can still stay connected and um, feel like we're a part of one another's lives from a I distance. think that's so beautiful that you're keeping up with that. And you guys can just have coffee virtually, right? Exactly. That's it. Yes, it'll be tea for me. As you know, I'm a tea person. I'll but- be joining you with the tea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's let's get that on the calendar. because I would love that. I just think having that sense of consistency and and being able to interact with people outside of your household Mm -hmm. is going to be helpful for, for everyone to feel like, you know, they're still supported. They're still loved. They're still cared about. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So where can people stay in touch with you, Henna? So, you know what, Maris, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to open up the floodgates, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to put London and Austin, Texas back up on, um, we'll, I, I guess I'll put it back up on Instagram for now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Message me at London and Austin, Texas on Instagram. We'll connect. I just made the decision in the last four seconds. <laughs> Okay. We'll get it set back up and yeah, let's let's build our community, the one that we've always spoke about. Yes, sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for your time. And I'm I'm really, really honored to have you back on the podcast. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. It feels awesome to be here. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, 
Maurice Young.